Hello and welcome to the DevVive Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Perone, and here are decode engineering experts behind some of the most complex, high-performing and scalable stacks to find out what challenges they face, what technologies they love and use, and what the real life is like behind the code. This episode is going to be a little bit different. We reached out to a few of you and asked you, what kind of music do you listen to when you're coding, both at home and at work? And one of the names that we heard over and over and over again is Comtruse. Comtruse has been called one of the best musical artists to code to. Uh, he's become very popular with both engineers and the general public for his 80s-like style, uh, synthetic and uh, rich beats. And we had a great opportunity to actually meet with him behind stage when he was here performing in San Francisco on his tour. And without further ado, here's Comtruse. Enjoy. All right, Comtruse, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. Yes. Tell me, when did you when did you feel that you were really onto something? I think when I, basically when I released the first uh, EP, Cyanide Sisters, um, the first version of it on the blog uh, was called All Everyone United. And it was just a little net label called um, Amdisks. I think they were based in Prague. And uh, I remember putting it up and, and you know, kind of kind of wondering you know, where is it going to go? But, you know, I remember they asked if I could host the files on my server. So I did. And when I went back to, you know, to check like a couple of days later, how many people were downloading and accessing the files, it was a pretty astronomical number for what I, you know, really expected. And, uh, you know, it hit hype machine and just really that like boosted it. You know, it was pretty wild to see how it took off. And, and uh, which year was that? That was 2010, I believe. Okay, I have to double check. Maybe two thousand, late two thousand nine, but I can't really. It's been a while. That's awesome. So, <laughs> so what what brought you there exactly? What were you doing before? Were you doing that as a kind of like a side hustle? Were you doing other kind of work before that? Yeah, I mean, I had was working in advertising at the time as an art director for a pharmaceutical company, and um, you know, basically, you know, I went to school for advertising, and and really, you know, I, I you know, started working. For that firm because of a friend who was also into music I you know I started out way back as a drum and bass DJ and through drum and bass I met these guys in New Jersey and Philadelphia who right. kind of just uh we just became buddies over the years I would go down and play shows when I was you know too young to get into the bars they'd sneak me in and I'd do my DJ set and then I'd have to leave and you know things like that so <clears throat> just working with these guys and you know we became buddies and then I started working advertising and you know the whole while I had been writing music different kind of um I used different pseudonyms for different projects. Um, then I started this Comtrues project, but there wasn't it wasn't called Comtrues at the time. It was I was calling it Since, you know, S Y N C E. I had a, it was had a total different name, which is funny to think about. <laughs> what I was think, the you know. where did Comtrues come from? It's like <laughs> when I when I looked at your music, I remember when I when I began listening to this kind of genre, mm -hmm. like your name popped up with a few others. I'm like Comtrues. Yeah. This, this has got to be good. <laughs> yeah. I it was it was really it was a joke between uh, the guys I worked in advertising with, we had, we, always, we had a group, you know, four of us that would go to lunch every day. And I remember we used to go to the sandwich shop and, you know, we'd sit there and eat lunch. And one of my friends, Matt, he he had accidentally said Comtrues and, you know, he just, he screwed up the words, you know, on accident. And it stuck, it stuck with me for some reason. And, you know, then we started doing, you know, it stuck with me. So that's when I, you know, it, I went home and, you know, I found this blog and it had just, it really, it was poor, very poorly designed. You know, the background image was so busy that you could barely read the type. Uh, so I was like, this kind of fits my sound. It's a little weird. 
And uh, so I, you know, I sent them an email. I sent over the EP, and they were like, "Wow, we want to release this like now, as soon as possible." So, okay, I finished it up, and I just, you know, I remember I just was like, uh, "We'll just call it Calm Truce. We'll, <laughs> let's just do it." And you know, I had called my mom and I asked her about it. I said, "What do you think of the name Calm Truce?" And she just laughed. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious! You know, she still didn't. You know, she still calls me Tom Cruise sometimes, which is, you know, really funny. But that's awesome. So. Yeah, that's basically, you know, and then I, I just, I just remember seeing this blog and it just was so weirdly designed and I just felt like it kind of, my music kind of fit there, you know, and I, it's just really weird how I, you know, I just sent it to them and it seemed like overnight, honestly, that it was like gained enough traction to like get noticed in other ways, you know. Is, is your music to yourself, is it, is it uh, classified in a, in a genre that you point to? That's funny. I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot over the last year, two years, just from, you know, living, I live in LA now. So, you know, I go to the airport a lot and, you know, loading up the Pelican cases full of gear and, you know, the, the drivers are always, you know, how oh, you do music or you DJ or, you know, and then I, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah. You know, and then they ask, Oh, what kind of music? And I'm like, well, you know, and then I start to think, well, if I, you know, start throwing out, you know, sub genres, no, they're not really, you know, no one's going to know, you know, they're not going to know what it means. So I can't, right. it's not like I can call it chill wave. No one's going to know what, you know, these guys aren't going to know what chill wave is, but you know, so, in its simplest form, it's down tempo electronic music, and then you know. But I like to consider it. I consider you know it synth wave. You know that's what I really okay think kind of embodies you know what I do. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What was the inspiration for this music? I mean, I I can I can hear a few things that sound familiar. What for you? What was who were the people that are, or the or the the performers or the people that really inspired you in your music? Um, a big thing was uh, the band Neon Indian. I just remember hearing how he treated his drums and being just very like, I'd never heard that before, but, but it inadvertently I did on, on, on a multitude of eighties music, you know, everybody's using, okay. the, you know, these certain drum machines. And I just remember hearing how he took it and made something that was, had the sound of eighties equipment, but didn't really necessarily feel like an eighties song, you know? Mm-hmm. So like then I then it really kind of spawned into trying to capture the sound of the sound, you know, in the 80s for me. I'm not trying to write like, you know, 80s music or, you know, 80s pop, you know, or synth pop or anything like that. But I'm, I'm trying to I'm more interested in recreating the same, not the same sounds, but just the tonal quality of the, you know, like I really like how thick everything was, you know, everything was tape and it was, you know, wasn't thin. Right. Um I hear a little yeah. bit of Prince, like I hear like a oh, little yeah. bit of I mean, a, Prince, huge like in the drums. Inspiration, but it's funny because I wasn't into uh, the music of the '80s for a long time. Okay, I, I swore it off for a long time. And again, back to advertising, I had a buddy who he's one of those guys that kind of pushes music on people. You know, like hey, you gotta right. check this out, and he'll do it till you know <laughs> he's beating you over the head with it. But kind of, he just you know just constantly send me stuff. Man, check this song out. You know, and and so when I finally caved. I was like, why did it? Why did I wait so long to kind of, you know, get into this genre? Like, what you know, this this like you know this you know funk music was a huge thing that I was very unacquainted with. Right. I remember hearing certain things growing up, my parents' record collection, things like that. You know, Michael Jackson, and, yeah. you know, just stuff, you know, all kinds of weird stuff. But I don't know. I just it took me a very long time to accept that I actually liked it. You know. Um, how how did you get into making music yourself? Um, hmm. Well, to go way back, I remember seeing the Chemical Brothers video on MTV 
the for the video was for Block Rock and Beats. Right. Yeah. That was like when I kind of nineteen ninety seven or five, five or something I like think. this. Five, right. Maybe five or something. Yeah. Right. But um, I remember hearing the music and I was like, "What is this?" Like I'd never heard any. That was my introduction to electronic music. That song. Okay. Um, and then I made my parents take me to the mall to get that CD. Like the very next day, I was like, I have to have it. You know, I obsessed over it. And then, uh, you know, I had like a, just some little Casio keyboards that, you know, my sister had some keyboards. So I stole all the keyboards in the house. You know, I grew up with a piano and, and all that stuff. Um, and then I would just play their music uh, on one boombox. And in another boombox, I'd be recording like my keyboard stuff over it and just, you know, kind of. Uh, oh, that's really cool. Just riffing on it. Yeah. And I would make these like mixtape, <laughs> mixtapes. And I'd, they were called Biohazardous Beats. <laughs> and uh, yeah. That was my forte into synthesizers. Um, you know, I never grew up musical. I was into sports. I played football and track and field and wrestling, you know, when I was younger. And, you know, I'd always been into computers, but yeah, just really, I guess producing music really stems from when I found out about drum and bass and, you know, I got my first set of turntables and started DJing and I DJed for, for a while. And then... I guess I just, you know, kind of thought, well, why don't I just make my own stuff to DJ? Mm -hmm. And then, then I started to do that. I started to work, you know, small, all, all, you know, software mostly. And uh, <clears throat> I started, and, you know, I was just producing, you know, DJing my stuff and other people's stuff and seeing, you know, learning how, how songs flow and, and, you know, things like that. Right. Was there anyone specifically in a, in a drum and bass that you, that you really admired that you liked? Yeah, I was like, you know, Diesel Boy and AK-1200 and okay. uh, DJ Dara. Black Sun Empire, sick, I go on forever. Um, but that was the early stuff that I heard that I was really, you know, and, you know, I used to run like an online radio station where, you know, I'd, I'd, uh, it was called Leet Radio. It was a website. And nice. Yeah, I'd just do it out of the, you know, out of my bedroom. Just, you know, it would mix for an hour and a half and then, you know, it would be over. And yeah, and that's how I met some of the guys that had gotten me into advertising doing that, you know. Okay. But that's, yeah, that's basically how I got into production was from, from the bass music, like really, like I, when I took it seriously as not, you know, recording <laughs> over, over someone else's songs, you know? Right. Okay. Um, what is success like for you or how, how would you like point to success in what you're doing? I think success for me is being comfortable with the final output. I, yeah, I, I just, you know, being happy with it, being able to, for me at least, wanting to listen to my own music is geez, my kind of, that's what success is. You know, like I can, I listen to my music when I fly, you know, certain things like that. And I think that's success. Um, you know, success in material things for me, you know, as much as I love wasting all my money on synthesizers and electronics and, you know, the like, I, I really think that making myself happy is, mm -hmm. is the kind of, the, that's, that's how I gauge success. Definitely. Okay. Great. Do you have any routines that allow you to to get into flow when you're when you're producing music or making music? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a morning person. I uh, I don't work at night at all anymore. Very rarely, unless you have a studio session or something like that, where you know you got to kind of work to other people's schedules. Most most musicians I find work in the evenings, you know. Right. But I'm uh, you know I'll, I'll get up at five, make coffee, have to have my coffee, and then I'll sit down and start working, and then you know I'll kind of work till. Maybe one, two o'clock, and then I'll kind of run out of steam, you know, as far as, you know, kind of being creative. Um, and then I'll do other things around, you know, the dishes, cook dinner, things like that. But I think it's it comes from, 
I used to do it when I worked in advertising. I would wake up really early and write music before I went to work because I was so excited. Right, right. I, was, I was at work doing visual visual things all day long. So I was starved for, for you know, doing, you know, sonic kind of kind of work. And uh, Wow, okay. You know, that's, I used to work at night. That was my, you know, basically that was my only choice. It was to basically, that was, you know, the only time I had to work on music. And it's funny how it switched. But even when I worked in advertising, I always felt much more creative in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it was still, I, I kind of, towards the end of the day, you run out of steam, you know. But, Definitely. Uh, yeah. So hold on. So five o'clock in the morning, you're up, you're making a mm-hmm. cup of coffee. Are you eating breakfast at all? I mean, is there any kind of like routine, a physical one or a mental one that allows you to, to get into it? No, it's kind of a weird routine now. You know, I, I, I take this, uh, I take some of my probiotics. I make this kind of shake of probiotics and uh, okay. collagen. And, you know, I drink this. It's a pretty atrocious drink, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take that drink and then I'll use my AeroPress and, and make a cup of coffee and, what exactly is inside of the drink? Oh, it's just it's just probiotics. It's a plant based probiotic, so you know it's whatever however many cultures it is. But uh, okay, and then it's a marine collagen, uh, and I'll just mix those together with water, sometimes coconut water, and you know, uh, drink it up as fast as possible, and then uh, okay, then I'll do the coffee, and then I'll I usually go sit in the backyard, and. Um, for about 20 minutes and, and have the first cup of coffee. I like, well, I've really, we have a lot of hummingbirds at my house and I feed them. Um, so I like to sit there. They always, they come right to the feeder when I sit there. I've saved them a few times at the house. Some babies have fallen out of nests, so I've got them back up in the nest. So I, I really think they're, they're strangely comfortable with us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my roommate and I, so, but yeah, I'll sit outside for a little while and, and then after the first cup's cold, and I gotta make a new one, so I, you know I'll go back in, make a new cup, and you know I'll go in the studio and fire everything up and and work, uh, you know, pretty quietly. And uh, you know it's still it's probably by you know about six in the morning by then. And so during during the time that you're in the backyard, are you are you just kind of like just with yourself? Are you I don't know are you are you on like social media, reading no. the newspaper? My phone's inside, just sitting there, watching the birds, uh, just sipping my coffee. Nice. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Okay. It's a huge, that's a huge thing that I miss. Like being on the road, I definitely. I know, totally agree with like, you on that that's one. That's like the, I can't wait, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So then at six o'clock, you're, you're in the studio, you're working on music. Are you in that time? Are you, are you totally, um, um, focused on that? Do you turn off the phone? Yeah. I have my routines where I'll work for a little while. And then there's certain websites I check and certain things I want to watch. You know, I'm a huge fan of uh, Casey Neistat, his videos. So okay. I always watch his videos when he posts a new one and, you know, I'll, I'll check some blogs and things like that, you know, periodically. And, um, you know, cause, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I write very quietly, not very loud in the studio, even, mm-hmm. you know, don't, doesn't matter what time of day, but you know my roommate, he's a little younger than me. He likes to sleep in, so you know I kind of try to be extra quiet. You know, I'm, I'm respectful, definitely. So okay. you know, I'll, I'll wait till about eleven o'clock before I start, you know, turning up a little bit, and that's when I, I, yeah, that's when I really kind of just start to get weird with it. You know, as far as you know, firing up the synthesizers and stuff. I'll, I'll mostly in the morning work on things that have I've already started. And I'm going in and doing fine detail, headphone work, you know, things like that. But yeah, I'd mm-hmm. say around 10, 30, 11 is when I start to, to write new stuff or, you know, kind of experiment more, you know? Okay. Yeah. What are the things that have, I'd like to know, like, what are the things that prevent you or that are like, hmm. you have to fight in order to get into that flow or to, to produce really good stuff? Well, a lot of it was geographic for me, actually. Um, 
you know, because when I worked in advertising, I lived in New Jersey. And then when music happened, I moved home back to upstate New York outside of Syracuse. And then went on tour for, you know, a while. And then when I finally had some time, I moved down to Brooklyn and lived there for about three years. And, you know, I moved out to California and I've been living in L.A. for roughly three years now. And I just feel like a lot of the moving around, it really kind of disjointed things for me. It was really hard to focus, like, you know, because there was so many projects that I had started that I really liked. But going back into them after so long and trying to do it in a different place was extremely challenging. Um, I'm very much the kind of person that will sit in the studio, you know, until the song's pretty much done, you know. Because there's certain sure. things I, that I always do to each song at the end that doesn't matter where I am. It's just little little, little things that I sprinkle on top. But, you know, kind of the, the body of the song, I really like to get that wrapped up in one sitting because it's, it's really hard for me to go back into stuff. Because, you know, then I start putting too much into the song and, and, and it loses it loses its simplicity. And, you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, it gets cluttered that way. So... You know, moving to California, it was really, really difficult for me to adjust to the basically the room that I was working in. I just didn't have the proper desk. It wasn't it wasn't exactly the room was set up. The feng shui was you know it was just what nothing was working. And I forced myself to finish things, lots of remixes and stuff like that. But in the last year, I bought a really nice you know a professional studio desk, and you know I started buying outboard gear, you know compressors, and you know you know kind of uh, EQs and things like that. And just having it set up that way, um, where there's some space in there now, it was very condensed when I first moved there. I, you know, it was, it was just, it wasn't, it was it's not, the workflow was horrible. And really adjusting the room was like the major challenge. That's And that's still a challenge. Like, you know, I try to write on the road and things like that. And it's still, it's just, I, I need to, I need, it's like, I really need that space to be perfect. I need to be comfortable. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What impacted the success of your project more? Was it a matter of luck or talent or a combination of both? Um, I mean, to be candid, my music is very simple. Uh, I never set out to make super complex music. Um, and it still blows my mind, you know, the amount of people that are, in, you know, listening to my, my music. It's, I, I don't know. It's, it's funny. You know, I'd like to say I'm fairly... Um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to think that I know what I'm doing, you know, um, but, right. you know, it's definitely there's luck. You know, I, I just think of how, you know, I get a lot of people, a lot of young guys writing to me about, you know, how did you what did you do to, you know, get where you are now? And I'm like, well, I kind of came up when the blogs were exploding and that whole that's gone now. You know, it's very, you know, it's very small compared to what it used to be. So I just, and I consider that the lucky part, you know, like I just hit it right before it all fell apart. And, you know, it's all, all the major blogs are still what, there. But tell me what happened there. Like the, I don't know. I just, I feel like people moved on to, uh, it's just, they kind of just disappeared. Uh, and is I don't that know because if, of Spotify or other kinds of channels yeah, that kind of like curate the content? For yeah. You? I wonder if it's the streaming services, which, mm -hmm. you know, I use them, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, it's, it's just kind of standard practice now. Um, and it's just, it's easy. But yeah, it's it's funny how I kind of rode the tail end of the blogs. And, you know, some of the blogs that I used to visit, you know, they have they have grown bigger and a lot, but a lot of them have just kind of disappeared. Right. And that's, right. you know, that's really, that's really sad. But, you know, you have to adjust to the way it all goes, I guess, you know. 
What are the channels today that you believe are helping to, to grow your listener base? Oh, that's another tricky question. There's only so much I can do as far as promotion for the music itself and shows and, and other projects, you know, and, and, and things like that. Right. It's, it's funny how we've been having this conversation on this tour because unfortunately it took me a little a little longer to finish my record um, and it really should have been out before we did this tour. So it's, you know, it's, we've been dealing with that kind of thing, but you know, then I, I, I can kind of keep thinking that even if my record was out, I, you know, I'm, I just think, you know, people aren't seeing, you know, the, uh, the promotions and things like that anymore. I think uh, you really do have to put a lot of money into that, that, that part of it now, which you didn't have to two years ago. It was really, that is like the, the promotion or the, or the, or, or the creative aspect, behind the promotion, it. you know, right. the creative aspect, you know, it's, I'm still going to create, you know, I, visual I, creative I, yeah, I do all the visual, you know, all the artwork and, but I just, I feel like, uh, it's, uh, it's difficult now. Does does Instagram provide you with an opportunity for that? Yeah, definitely. But it's you still have really nice stuff on Instagram. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I it's that's a huge, you know, cause I, and Twitter. It's never been my strong point, and Facebook is, you know, it, I don't, I really don't like beating people over over the head with ads and things like that. You know, I try to, you know, post. You can see it for you know. I could post a picture of of uh, me and my dad in the woods, you know, and it'll get you know. I could say, hey, come to my show next week, you know, and it'll get, you know, 4,000 likes or whatever. And then you post a picture right. of a, a show flyer and it really, it just, you know, it might have 800 likes. It's really weird. People don't want to be advertised to. They just want to, they just right, want it right. to happen, you know, kind of behind the scenes, I guess. And so that's, you know, what I'm trying to do is do more of that kind of, you know, not just not really, you know, just use more beautiful imagery instead of mm -hmm, just like mm -hmm. text and things like that, which it's just, yeah, that's a weird, you know. It's like drum and bass. I mean, the show flyers were, you know, you see that. That was a huge thing. And, you know, concert posters yeah. and things like that. It's it's really weird to see how it goes now. It's been an interesting challenge. You know, I constantly write my booking age. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, is there anything else I should be doing? Like, I don't... I don't feel as engaged anymore. And, and I have taken a, a long time off from, you know, I don't post on social media as much, especially when I'm home, I, you know, not on the road. I, like, I don't really, my life isn't that interesting when I'm not, you know, you know, on the road, basically. Okay. Um, you know, I'll do the occasional stuff. But so it's weird how, you know, it doesn't even have to be that long. Maybe, maybe a month you kind of fall off the radar of people. And, you know, I'm not one to just do right. things to stay current. No, that's, uh, I don't, you know, I'm, but it is, it is, uh, it is weird how it's just we're. I think we're just so overstimulated with content. Totally. I think it's uh, it's uh, hard for people to pick out what they really like anymore. You know, it's like you know they might miss every people miss things. You know, you uh, will have it'll happen on the road all the time. It'll you know I'll play a city and I'll promote what I think is a good amount. You know, by on my own. You know, uh, and aside mm -hmm. from the, the the promoters in the specific you know city. And, you know, I'll get a message, you know, two days later and be like, hey, man, where are you coming, you know, through wherever? And I'll be like, dude, I just played. It's very, it's it's hard to cover all your bases now. There's just so many sites and apps. It's really, I wish there was one thing where it was just the, everybody you had to go to here. I mean, I'm not from Monopolies, but if it would be easier for, you know, just kind of getting it all in one place, it would be pretty awesome. Right. Okay. What's next for you? Hmm. This year is fairly busy touring. Um, I mean, I've had some remix requests come in. Um, I re-signed with Ghostly for one more uh, LP and one EP. 
I wonder how long I'll take a break for. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't really know. I, I definitely want to keep writing music. Maybe I'll go back to another pseudonym for a little while and just mm-hmm. so it doesn't, you know, the Calm Truth Project just doesn't become monotonous and I, I don't want to write the same songs a million times. You know, I, I honestly feel this new record is, it's it's very different, which is good, but it might be jarring for some people. But I think if I maybe take a break um, and work on something different, it'll re-inspire me, you know, in, in, in the Calm Truth Project. So I might do that. Um, so it, it's more about reinventing yourself by by writing through another pseudonym with yeah. a different kind of music that interests you. I think so. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm still hoping for some you know film scoring work. There's been things that have popped up you know recently that that are opportunities. So right. that's what I really like to do is do that and and produce for people. And you know, I th- honestly thought about doing more design. Um, I really mm-hmm. do miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely made me more creative musically. You know, working on visual stuff and then you know. Uh, only having a certain amount of time for music. I think the ideas just kind of came, you know, they, they came out better. Um, right, right. You know, I was able to uh, create more. I just, I think I have too much free time these days, you know. I'm not busy enough in a, in a weird way. What yeah. do you do with all that free time? I don't, like I said, you know, I'll work till about one or two in the afternoon and then I just kind of sit outside or, you know, I'll, I'll uh, just read. I cook a lot. I'm a, I love to cook. I'm, I'm uh like my second passion these days but yeah i don't you know i don't do much i go to bed really early usually you know when i'm home it's you know 9 30 10 o'clock I, I i don't know i like watching movies and just relaxing yeah nice yeah cool all right okay. new albums coming out on june 16th june 16th and the name of the album iteration iteration it's on yeah cool cool all right come true awesome. thanks ah cheers thanks for having me Hi, thanks so much for listening. Your feedback is really important to us. We really want to learn how we can make it better. Let us know who you want to listen to. If there's certain questions you want us to ask, please reach out to us on all the socials. You can find us at the DevI Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Feel free to email me directly at Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O-N, at devibe.io. That's devibe, D-E-V-I-B-E dot I-O. Thanks again. Enjoy.